Welcome to The Tribe Talks, your weekly dose of time with my dope, amazing, lit-ass tribe. I'm your host, Amma B, a.k.a. Queen Mother of the Tribe. And as I do every week, I gotta give y'all the tribe talent. This week, we are highlighting a dope and amazing graphic design agency by the name of Chell Bell Creative. Uh, And the founder, Rochelle, actually uh, got connected with me through another one of our mutual friends. And she is the one who created the logo for the Tribe Talks. Chell Bell Creative is a full service agency catering to the needs of small businesses and entrepreneurs. When I tell you all that Rochelle was absolutely able to translate everything that I was thinking about what I wanted the Tribe Talks to be, what I wanted the brand to be. And she worked with me and created this logo and this branding. And she was patient. She was funny. uh, She was timely. And that just makes you realize that when someone is really good at what they've been given by God to do, uh, and they're doing it well, it translates. And so for any of you all who have any type of graphic design um, need, please, please, please follow her on Instagram, slide into the DMs for 15% off. Um, her IG is Chell, so it's C-H-E-L-L-E. Bell B E L L E Creative, um, and I'll make sure to put that link um, in the tribe talent portion of our description. And this week we have three amazing guests in the house. I want you guys to open up your ears and listen to what they have to share. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the bright lights and dark corners of being a creative in Los Angeles. Um, this is definitely the city where people come with big dreams and sometimes those dreams happen and sometimes they do not. Uh, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to hear from people who are doing some dope, amazing things in the industry. Um, and I want you to hear all the good, but also all of the reality, um, of being, uh, one who has uh, creativity in LA. So uh, my first guest that I'm going to be uh, introducing is Liz. Uh, Liz is an actress and comedian born and raised in Houston, Texas. She received her training from the University of Evansville and the University of California, San Diego. Um, A skilled comedian, Liz has studied sketch and improv at both the Groundlings and Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles. She's had a handful of co-stars turned reoccurring roles on Blackish, How to Get Away with Murder, and Raven's Home. Say hello to the people, Liz. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Good afternoon or morning or evening. (laughs) Our next guest, I affectionately we've called Diggs McCoy has worked in the entertainment industry for about 10 years. His experience includes creating content for news, reality, film, and live performances. His career has taken him to Washington, D.C., New York, and finally here in Los Angeles. Welcome, Diggs. Say hello to the people. Hello. (laughs) So forthwith. I love it. And uh, last but definitely not least um, is Nikiva Dion, called Kiva. Um, She is a Baltimore native who studied fashion in New York, where she also began her modeling career. Y'all can see her face. You can see why. Um, Before moving to Los Angeles, where she's currently an actress, reoccurring in several hit television shows. I love this. Um, She is on HBO's Insecure as Stacey Sutton. Um, And this fall, uh, she's going to be playing Deputy DA Nia Wells on CBS hit series SWAT. That is amazing. I just want to tell you that. Uh, Nikiva is also the founder of AWE, which stands for A Woman's Energy, an online women's ministry dedicated to identifying and encouraging the light in other women. Uh, She is giving you all a sigh of relief and a proud smile because after several years of development, her latest venture will 
truly leave you in awe. She is humbly adding president and creator of Lyric Party Game app, a party game for music lovers, to her acts of obedience. Lyric Party Game app is coming to the Google Play and Apple stores late fall of this year. Or summer. (gasps) Summer of 2018. Say hello to the people, Kiva. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So as I have shared with you all, we're going to be talking to these amazing people who have such um, God-given gifts um, for creativity, um, all uh, in their rights. Um, And so what I wanted to do was just have a conversation with you guys and get your thoughts, ideas, advice um, on being a creative in LA. Because I know there are a lot of people who come here with certain expectations, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, um, and um, who might get a little bit shook um, at what the reality of being uh, in L.A. is. So just to start off, off um, I want to ask you, what was your perception of L.A.? And how different was that from the reality of your first impression? Well, I, um, I guess I'll jump in here. I actually had... After graduate school, they we do a showcase, and I really wanted to go to New York. I was mm-hmm. like, "L.A. won't know what to do with me." Like, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear from the huskiness in my voice, but I'm a plus size gal, um, and I just husky. was. <laughs> you have a husky voice. I will say that. Um, I just assumed L.A. wouldn't know what to do with me. I really thought it was the land of the 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 rail thin and the the gorgeous people. Um, So my expectations were low (laughs) when I (laughs) got here. Um, And I was actually pleasantly surprised um, because as much as we hear that LA is a little bit superficial and a little bit vapid, there is a real artistic drive under the city and people do value artists. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to eventually find, you know, once I grew a little confident in myself and Mm -hmm. carried myself with confidence, I realized that that was actually way more important than just, you know, the outer. Right. Um, So I was pleasantly surprised by what LA had to offer in terms of, you know, acceptance and Mm -hmm. letting artists thrive. yeah. I didn't have any expectations. No? No. Um, and I think for a long time I tried to fight coming here. Wow. Yeah, like, I was stubborn, and I was like, I'm going to make shit pop off in D.C. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the case. <laughs> and then I went to New York, uh-huh. and then um, the, the thing that I always heard is, like, you cut your teeth in New York, and then you go to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be actually true. Oh. So you get your shit together in New York. And then you have stuff ready when you get here because that's when they're ready to deal with you. Do you think that uh, New York was more cutthroat than, or just more intense than LA? No, I feel here's more intense. I feel oh, New wow. York was more fun. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and it was weird. It's like, it was, I guess it was the opposite. Like, I felt like if I came to LA, I would see a lot more uh, famous folks, like mm-hmm. doing like comedy shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, the very first shows I did, like, I bombed in front of, like, celebrities. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, David Cross and Amy Poehler and wow. stuff like that. And then I came out here where I'm, you know, like, a little bit more experienced. I don't see anybody. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like um, even, like, the people that that are celebrated now, like, they feel more comfortable going to shows in New York than they do out here. It's like you're kind of already tired. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. But it's amazing. Uh, both places it's am- no it's amazing here yeah okay yeah yeah dope okay glad the place no expectations and then you had your first impression okay all right i like it i like it Keep mm, mine is a little different um <laughs> i actually moved here from new york as well oh wow yeah that's right um, yes so i was in new york i think six years and all i heard was why are you going there they're phony do not go out there don't waste your time that this is that i heard all negative mm-hmm. you will not like it 
And I was kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of all the honesty in New York. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Let me go and get some smiles. Right. <laughs> so um, I got here and then I was like, oh my God, I, I really miss New York. Yeah. I was extremely aggressive. The first thing I did was I actually, I created a blog called Please Add Sugar because I did not know how to talk to people in LA. Wow. I was very aggressive. Mm. Uh, every email said, please advise if you didn't respond right away. Oh. Because that's how we moved in New York, you know? Yeah. It was kind of like, East Coast thing. yeah, the people yeah. that you knew, it was like, um, in terms of work, it was like, listen, can she do it? I don't care who she is to you. Can she do it? Cool. If you can't leave, mm -hmm. you know? And that was a big adjustment for me when I got here. Um, the whole, I was 15 minutes early everywhere there. Here, when you get here 15 minutes early, it's like, oh, you're here. Okay, can you hang out? <laughs> you know? So I was, I was a mess. It took a long um, time for me to adjust. I did not like... Um, LA. I actually fought acting for a long time. I have two degrees in fashion, so I was like, I know what to do. I know how to make money. So I did. I launched um, the West Coast Free People stores and kept getting promotions. And I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll hire actors. That'll be what feeds my spirit. I'll give them the schedules that they need to be flexible. And then I uh, read The Alchemist and I was like, oh shoot. And I did a fast, my first fast ever. And I was like, oh man, I gotta listen, don't I? And I left my job the next Monday. And I've been a full-time actor ever since. Um, so, go ahead. So let me ask you this. For those that have not read The Alchemist, I have not read The Alchemist. Oh my God. That. I'm getting ready to send and, it to you right, right now. Wait a minute. Amazon, one right. second. <laughs> I need to add that to the yes. to the, the book list. But tell them what, I mean, not obviously the whole summary mm -hmm. of the book, but kind of just the gist of what The Alchemist is. Tell them the whole book. Oh my God. <laughs> let me tell you. I can. I read it twice a year. Wow. I've read it twice a year since I became an actress. But um, it's by... Pablo Coelho and it is basically about the journey of this one young man um, following his personal legend mm -hmm. and the things that stuck out for me in this book were he was good at one thing I'm not going to tell you what he was good at he was good at it and it was almost like are you going to give it up and pursue what God's telling you to do or are you going to stay comfortable mm -hmm. and one of my life quotes is there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone mm -hmm. and that was what Right away, I was like, I'm comfortable. I know how to do this act. I mean, this um, retail stuff, this whole stuff. I had worked in this industry forever, and I was good. Like, y'all, I was good at it. Mm. Kept getting promotions, and then I started acting, and I was like, what you mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you lose my phone number? You ain't call me. <laughs> Something is not right. Please advise. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> please advise. <laughs> so, yeah, so the book, um, it actually just, it was life-changing for me. I actually have a tattoo. It's one of the quotes from, excuse me, one of the words in the um, book is maktub, and it means it was written. And that's now my latest tattoo is it was written. It really was. Like, this book is life-changing. And I've bought probably 12 copies. I just buy them for people wow. when I feel like they need them. But um, I hope I answered your question. The book is incredible. If you have not read it, please do. Yes. Please do. Please do. Yes. You can read it in, like, one day. I'm not, like, an avid reader. <laughs> I like books that I can hurry up and get through. <laughs> that and Harry Potter. Yeah. Those are my go-tos. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't think I could sit still long enough. I've never read it. The Harry Potter books? They're a little long. Yeah. yeah. Quite long. Like, it's yeah. daunting. It's like, daunting oh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only read the Bible. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> right. Shoot. Yes. In pieces. I can't. I, you know. Um, and now understanding like what are what your perceptions versus the reality of your, you know, your times and what you saw in LA or what you were hoping to find in LA. What I would like to know is how have you seen your craft change? since you've been in LA as a creative? Um, I'll jump in for this one. Um, I think I expected more community here mm -hmm. and it's not as present. It hasn't been for me. Yeah. So my craft has been work 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I have a studio in my home mm -hmm. and I get on tape every day. It's forced me to be better alone because I expected everybody to be at the same place in terms of their focus or their grind and it's just not mm. and also it might just be space because it's like you live in the valley i'm not coming out there <laughs> <laughs> i'm not running these lines you right. know so maybe that but um i am definitely more disciplined mm -hmm. um and consistent i mean I, i'm on camera every day mm. i force myself to do that every single day so i, I just think i'm a better actress because i have to be right. <laughs> i have to be Wow. I think something um, 
that ties back into what I was saying earlier is that finding my confidence as an actress really truly meant like finding myself mm-hmm. um one of the one of the things you hear a lot when you come to LA is like and have go from like a theater because I have a theater background and trained actress and MFA is that they often tell you to do less and sometimes they're like be yourself and you're like I want to act like I want to be like not myself right but they really are trying to hone in a bit more on who you are which is actually great advice when you break it down because you're such an individual person like that is the only thing that's going to eventually set you apart in this business um and i think really finding out who i was and finding the confidence in that person is when my career like clicked and it also was like simultaneous with like me i like I wish I could I think one of the auditions I went on that like it really resonated for me was um American Horror Stories Mm -hmm. and I like went in there and I just was like oh this character's not like me at all but like she was really sexual Mm -hmm. um which was really interesting and I was like oh I'm really sexual oh I know I know (laughs) how to do this (laughs) I know how to do this and I was like unbuttoning my shirt and like a girlfriend of mine who I see at every audition, she was like, you really unbuttoned your shirt? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in it. And I was feeling I was there. The casting director was adorable. Like, I was feeling all of it. And then, you know, I got the part, but I definitely was like, oh, this is what it's like. Like, I feel like a version of myself a few years ago would have been like, I'm unbuttoning my shirt. I'm being sexy. Like, I'm acting sexy. But I was like, no, I just need to... I'm a sexy person. I just need to be that person when I walk in the room. Um, So I I think a lot of it for me was just, like, really owning and embracing who I was. And, like, now, even if I go into an audition and if I'm doing that and I don't book it, I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... I never leave feeling like, oh, man, I wish I would have done something else. Whereas Mm -hmm. I was feeling that all the time years ago. Every audition, I was like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. But now I go in there and, like I said, if I stay true to, like, who I am and I go in and I do a decent read, I'm like, I nailed it. So (laughs) they're going to call it (laughs) and I don't Mm -hmm. care. Like, and it's actually pretty liberating and... There's no stress in it. Like right. it's and it's the worst part of it is it's really hard to teach that. Mm-hmm. Like it's you can tell someone all day long like oh just be yourself and be confident in it and like let it go, but that's not it's not really teachable, which is why it's I have a hard time with like acting on camera classes because I'm like oof, it takes a lot. Yeah. It's like it's almost like more like therapy than anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Talk about that. Therapy. I mean, it really is because I, I like I have there's a, my commercial agent. I love them to pieces, but they really want me to get in like a commercial acting workshop. And I'm like, why? Like, like have you been to a commercial audition? <laughs> there's not really anything to learn. It's a, literally a lottery. So go in there, be yourself, and they're gonna be like, oh, she's mm-hmm. too black. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing to learn. I don't think. There's a- absolutely techniques. Absolutely. Right. But the owning yourself and being confident in who you are as an actor, you ain't gonna get it in a workshop. Right. Amen. Right. Um, for me, I had to learn to be more social. So like before, like all I did was work on like scripts and like. A short treatment synopsis and like so i just had like a pile of stuff but then like a, a classmate slash friend of mine she was like you know you have to show people this stuff it's pretty good <laughs> and i was like you might be on to something <laughs> and then it's true it was like then like going to events and then telling people about this stuff they're like oh this is great let's do it and i'm like oh okay <laughs> this is how it works yeah. so like before it was just like i was just stockpiling like projects in my mind and now i'm learning like especially out here too is going to places and then meeting people and then sharing those thoughts. Right. Which is what I was not doing before. Right. And then people were actually like, oh, this is okay. Let's try to do it. So So then actually learning to build those relationships and then not even really going in the, not going with the thought process that I'm going to go sell my idea or I'm going to go and find somebody to, to, to produce or sponsor, whatever it is. You're just going out to share the stories. Yeah. And then in so doing, you end up 
yeah, doing in it. positions where you are actually able to do it. Yeah. That's dope. So I think, I mean, for me, just hearing your, all of you talk about this is, you know, um, finding yourself, finding your, uh, your confidence in, in sharing your stories once you found yourself, and then also being dedicated to the work that you have. And, um, and Kiva, it's interesting that you said that, you know, not having your community um, is something that kind of pushed you into, you know, being more um, deeper into the the work that you came to do, you know, because um, one of the things that I wanted to ask is um, how has or has your tribe or your community affected your creativity in any way? Um, and I'm curious, like when you're saying like not having community, are you just saying like people who are also like minded in 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 that, or who are who are also uh, in the same industry, or are you talking about just people who kind of just have the same like mind mentality that might not necessarily be in the same industry? In the same industry and like minded in terms of, Tribe. there are actors who are actors for three months mm-hmm. and then they're not acting for the rest of the year because yeah. they gotta know. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, it's to say yes every day mm-hmm. is something that you have to force yourself to do. And when you're looking at someone, if like if you were speaking to me 16 months ago, mm-hmm. I'm an actress, but I am doing nothing that you can see right now. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see the fruit, then people in L.A. are like, yeah, OK, <laughs> yeah, OK. They're not really, really ready to invest yeah. if they don't see the fruit. Like once you popping, like my phone ringing nonstop right now. Right. It wasn't last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people don't invest until they see the fruit. You and, know what I mean? So and people in the industry, are you talking about just peer to peer? Yeah, even peer to peer. People hop and jump and, you know, it's like. Also, something that I, I realized is if I meet you mm-hmm. and I'm booking commercials, mm-hmm. you're like totally found that. Oh my gosh, she always in commercials. She books commercials left and right. But the second I then go book a TV show, you're like, oh, she booking TV. Okay. You're not comfortable with the progression that I told you I was going to have. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like then you have those relationships where it's like, okay. They want you to be a one-trick pony. Yeah, and you're where you're comfortable, and I'm never comfortable. I am always pushing myself outside of something. It's never enough. It's always the next thing. It's all you know what I mean. And it's like I can't be what makes you comfortable. Right. And unfortunately, that's what you run into sometimes with relationships as well. Like I used to tell people, it's not true now in my life, but I used to tell people relationships in LA last two years. Yeah. You got two years. You got a good friendship, <laughs> and then it's like. Hey, when you see them now, it's not like I I definitely that was something that I had to pray on, though. I prayed for relationships like the ones that I have now. I prayed for people who would see me with absolutely nothing and still love me back to life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have relationships now that are people who I will be friends with for the rest of my life. But it's not the people I met the first six years here. It's interesting. Um, I talk about this all the time with people, especially with social media. Um, I think one of the hardest parts about having close friends that are not only artists but are doing the exact same thing you're doing is like the transparency. Mm -hmm. Like I find that it's really hard for me to be friends with people that have like that all they talk about is the industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like talk shop all day. Yeah, I feel like how was your day? Yeah, how was your (laughs) day? No, how are you doing? Yeah, I don't (laughs) care about your I really don't care about your bookings every day. I Mm want to hear about them and I'm very proud of you, but if we can't talk about other things Mm -hmm. that are passionate to you, you're driving me crazy. Like it's and on top of that is like when you when you know someone and you see on social media that they're only you know, sharing their successes and not sharing the realities of the business, it drives me insane because I'm like, you, you're know your audience. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're friends with a bunch of artists, be real with them because they are watching you. And I, I just posted a quote by Wesley Snipes. I wish I could remember it exactly, but he was essentially saying like, don't let the internet rush you. Like, cause nobody's posting their failures. And it's so true. Like, I am so conscious of, I have friends that are so talented, so talented, and they can't book a job on TV to save their life. Mm 
But I know the way this industry works is tomorrow they could book a gig and be way past me. And even though I've like built this nice little resume of jobs, the way it works is tomorrow the right job could line up and they are past me. And that would be great. Like I would be so happy for them. But they don't, they wouldn't ever think of it like that if I just was like, I'm mailing it, hashtag set life. (laughs) You know, like I need you to see, like I tried to start this thing, like hashtag not on set life because I like, I also do other things. Like I'm on set a small amount of time actually. Like I'm actually doing quite a few other things yeah. with my life and you know the other thing is having artist friends is they are very curious you know what I mean like I totally hear what you're saying about people like they're like supporting you until you book a role that either they were going out for too or you know they never saw you doing and I absolutely can relate to that and that feeling but I think it I think it's tied to them just not knowing the realities of how it really really works I think it's tied to them seeing your social media or seeing only what they want to see and assuming that that's how it always is Mm -hmm. and not realizing that like you're putting yourself on tape every single day like you're working hard for what you're getting Mm -hmm. and if they and also it's not for everybody sorry to ramble on but I know what you mean I know a lot of people that are like in it for a couple months and then they leave and it's because it's a hustle I always tell my good friend that if you can't hustle you cannot do this and like ironically there are people that don't hustle and they just make it like that's the other side of this business but really the people that I see that I admire the Viola Davises and the Octavia Spencer they hustled Mm -hmm. they hustled their way right up to the top Mm -hmm. and those are the people that I admire sorry Miley Cyrus Oh, what's good? Right? Good, Miley. Right? Miley was good. Did she hustle into Hannah Montana though? Hilarious. Now is she really climbed that mountain? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's it's interesting. Not to not to bash LA or anything because I do love it, but like I feel uh, like in New York, the the friends that I made, um, like we were just like you met people based off of like the energy and passion of things that you liked. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like most, and that was over there too, but like a lot of the conversations here is like, what do you do first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as opposed to like, what do you like? And then what mm-hmm. drives you? Cause I felt like a lot of my relationships that, and I, the people that I hang out with here, I met over there, yeah. ironically. Really? Yeah. Yes. So it's like, yeah, yeah like, it, it was just more so like um, you gravitate towards each other because you're both passionate about stuff as opposed to like social climbing or like mm-hmm. um, yeah. what do you do and how you can help one another. Even if that's not your intention when you first say what do you do, mm-hmm. it just feels that way. Right. It is way much more organic when like you guys are just hanging out because like, oh, you like to write? What do you like to write? And then you guys write together and then you right. guys, oh, you want to do stand up? Let's go to do this set or whatever. Right. Right. It's a lot more fun that way and I feel like there's a lot less fun when it's just more stature and yeah. substance right. and you have those friends too that you know when yeah. you see them they're like what have you been what up to you? That's it. and you know yep. that they're not asking about your dog or your yeah. <laughs> but that's what I talk about anyway I'm like exactly. oh my god yeah. I just put this new rinse well, in my hair <laughs> I had a UTI <laughs> I'm just like get really I'm gonna start doing that actually. Yeah, that should be my go. And then the, the, those people will know. Yeah. yeah. Usually when people at the elevator talk, yeah. like, how how are you doing? And people are just, good. You, sometimes they just go, like, my life's spiraling out of control. <laughs> <laughs> They're like hitting the button to get out. Right. Because <laughs> no one wants to have those conversations. No. Like, no one wants to hear, like you said, like, no one wants to hear the negative stuff of what's going on in your lives. They want to hear all the positive stuff. And then, depending on who the individual is, how can I benefit from the good? stuff that's going on in your life or right how now. can i benefit from the bad stuff like right. one of my girlfriends actually told me she said you know i ran into so-and-so and you know what she said to me she was going to africa and she said you know the girl said oh okay you'll be out of town i'm definitely gonna book then oh what that sounds like a movie like, that's crazy girl. but you actually right. said it out loud to someone like that's insane you know i'm gonna deal with you right thank you for showing me who you are <laughs> Oh yeah, gosh. yeah. 
Dang. Wow. That's savage. I think think I fought getting on Instagram for that very reason. Like, I did not want to get on Instagram. I was like, no, it's pictures. That's stupid. I'm not doing it. Like, I would not do it. I fought for so long. And then I said, you know what? I'll make a conscious effort to make sure I don't just show the good stuff or the Uh stuff that even the people who aren't in L.A. think L.A. is. I'll be conscious effort to show right now. And I am, yes, my eyes are puffy because I just got released from another job. And I do that. You know what I mean? I always say, it ain't it ain't all roses. Yeah. And it's a conscious effort to say, like, it's going to cost you something. Yeah. So whatever you raise in your hand saying you want to do, be prepared. You know? That's also what the alchemist is about. Yeah. It's the laws of equivalent exchange. Absolutely. You give something like to get that. something. It's going to cost you. Man, yeah, I like it that. It is going to cost you. Well, I will definitely say, because... So Kiva and I actually met um, through a mutual friend at her baby shower two and a half, and a half years ago. <laughs> right. And um, and it's crazy because we literally have not seen each other until today. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. But you keep up. Yep. And I think for me, the biggest thing was one, meeting her and just seeing her light. Because um, I'm not in the industry at all. So whenever I meet people who are dope, I'm just thinking that they're just dope people. And so I would love to then have those people become part of my tribe. So, um, but um, I'm glad that you got on Instagram because we have we have an Insta relationship. Yeah. Um, Your where, Instagram is quite amazing. Yeah, it really by is, the way, you guys. Talk about really is. all the levels. Yeah. <laughs> I and love it. that. So I, for, for me, it's, um, seeing you when and seeing y'all when you're not because Liz you you too on your Instagram like I like the fact that I see realness I like to see yes you're doing well but then I like to see the fact that things aren't always roses you know Um, and I appreciate it because not only do I see the realness of who you guys are but it also inspires me to do the things that I need to do, even though it's uncomfortable and I don't want to do it, you know, um, dig, dig, uh, I met, um, through my husband, uh, they went to Howard together and, um, I remember, um, just, uh, so my husband has, um, a sauce, um, company. It's called the goddamn sauce. Um, (laughs) it is the goddamn sauce. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, plug, plug, plug. Um, (laughs) but, I remember Dig being a part of my husband's uh, tribe being like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And having somebody behind him to kind of push him to do it, he launched it, you know? And so it's because of the fact that they already had that relationship. He saw, Dig saw the creativity and saw what it could be. And so he pushed his friend to do something um, that was extraordinary. And so seeing y'all um, on Instagram, on even though it sometimes can be very vapid and very like superficial, I think that there is um, an element of realness that you guys are conveying in what you're posting and you're being responsible about it as well. So um, I'm thankful that you guys are still doing that <laughs> um, and appreciative of that. Um, and since we're talking about who met who where, um, Liz and I actually met through Lorreen. Um, and Lorreen and I have known each other since middle school. Um, so I met Liz uh, my first like six weeks out in LA. You were having Friendsgiving at your place oh, yeah. and and that was the first time that I met you and I was just like she's amazing oh. oh my gosh her energy is ridiculous she's got this huge smile and just just the warmest warmest person so I again another member of the tribe that oh gosh, is 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 being brought in because of just the vibe you know god gives you an antenna you start to kind of read people and you have an intuition of of the positivity that you have and the tough thing about LA and we talked about it earlier was you're it's so spread out so sometimes you might meet somebody and you won't see them for two and a half ish years (laughs) I've seen people like I've seen people hit it off at like an event and they're like where do you live where do you live in there two opposite places and they're kind of like oh man we would have been good friends We would have, but you know, you're over there and I'm over here. Call me if you move over the hill. (laughs) You're ever in this area. (laughs) Hit me 
that. so true. That is the that is definitely like a, a an Achilles heel here. It's hard to you know to keep in touch with people and see faces and and also that's the thing about social media. That's why we kind of need it. Yeah. Like you know, I wish it wasn't. I wish the things that were so bad about it weren't so bad because mm-hmm. it is such a valuable tool that we have. Um, it's funny. My boyfriend, um, he knows a lot about technology, but he also is like a little bit afraid of it. And mm-hmm. I, we have, we're having this discussion the other night. Um, about I want to I want to get one of those little things for the house where you're like yeah. hey tell me what this is yeah <laughs> yeah I have yeah. one yeah and he just he won't do <laughs> it and I was like not get in five it. years yeah. everyone's gonna have one like of course they are like it's hard to like fight against technology when it's truly inevitable and social media is not going anywhere so we just have to like one by one help form it into something a little bit more honest mm-hmm. especially in the you know age of people getting only the news that they want to hear mm-hmm. like we really have to be diligent about being honest human beings yeah. you know and mm-hmm. like it's even it, as much as I actively try to do that I even have to be more so and realize that oh like I was posting exercise videos and people were like oh my god you work out so much and I was like well mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah that's funny <laughs> But, you know, like, so your octaves, your 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 uh, octaves start to go up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, they really are thinking I'm like at that gym every day. <laughs> but isn't that funny? That's the how, power of it. How, like, exactly. What you show, they think that's what it is yeah. all the time. So that's why it is important to to post what images that you want people to convey of you yep and that's part of the reason why i don't post that much yeah. mm. it's hard to be Shoot. Like, eh. mm-hmm. if dig posts i'm like what i'll post next year right <laughs> done my post for the quarter thanks i mean and hey that, that's very responsible though does that out of curiosity does social media play any type of part in your creativity like so booking gigs or meeting people and things Absolutely. like that yeah, 100%. I think so. it's like you're real sometimes 100%. yeah you aren't real until no no post. like you're real like what like your portfolio oh yeah. it could be because yeah. i feel like all social media is just a vessel and it's how you use it that's what makes yeah. it amazing yeah so like you can it can be 50 different things to 50 totally. different people for me, I use it as kind of like a, a portfolio slash reel. Mm-hmm. So like, it's actually more like my LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is what they're doing. Yep. Oh. I book jobs from Instagram and Twitter. What? It took me a long time to book jobs from Instagram, but um, Twitter, I first thing I did when I became an, a full-time actor was join Twitter. Because I said, I don't know anybody. I don't know what to do. Right. And I followed casting directors, commercial casting directors. And I said, okay, I've done commercials in the past. I've done print modeling. Go with what you know. Mm-hmm. Try yeah. to establish that first. So I followed these casting directors. And um, I noticed that they would get online and just vent about their day. Lunchtime. Oh, it's raining, so you guys don't come to auditions. And this one cat commercial casting director, Killian, um, got on there and he said, oh, so it's raining and you guys miss auditions. My goodness. And I looked up to see where his, his um, office was and I said, I can be there in 15 minutes, 20 if you want me to shower. And he <laughs> said, I'll see you in 20 minutes. And I didn't only book that job. I booked two more within the next three weeks. So I booked three commercials my first three months acting. What? From Killian. Yep. From, from that website, excuse me, from Twitter. That is amazing. From Twitter. And I mean, Instagram now, it took me a while um, to establish anything with Instagram, but I wind up, I realized, I started creating stuff that I realized, okay, this is how you guys book me, but this is what I want to do. So this is my opportunity to create and show you that I can do this. So that's all I create. If I'm creating these one minute videos, it's going to be what I ultimately want. Right. And I'll take the yeses that you guys are giving me because we're going to eat. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm also going to create the content that I want to put out there. Oh, wait, you don't think I'm funny? Oh, but I wait am. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, but wait. So, yeah. Um, Gosh, these one-minute videos, though, legit yeah, have me in my... I'm all over it. I'm tearing up laughing at your... Your Thank videos. You, Thank you, babe. Wow. We have great commentary. I get some of my stuff from you. Aw. Aw. That's 2%. Right? 
Yeah, I you know, I've had representation be like, Oh, you need to have a really, really big social media yeah. following. <laughs> yes. And don't be too political and I'm like, nah. I don't I don't care. Yeah, and honestly my little following that I have has so little to do with my acting. You know, like some people will be like, Oh, I saw you on this and it is very fun to engage with the world mm-hmm. in that way. But for the most part I'm making like you know, followers out of people that like we agree on things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't necessarily want certain people following me and saying crazy stuff and right. me seeing it. Like I don't I don't really need that. Right. But like I said, I will say the majority of the people that follow me on like Instagram for example are friends and they're and they're usually actors and performers and I usually like I said I like I try really hard to just be aware of like where everyone is at and like not, not everybody needs to see me I'm on set today you know like some people do want to see that and they want to be inspired but sometimes they just want to see me be like I got cut out of a scene y'all <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then yeah. they'll be like oh me too right so what would you say then, just hearing uh, that um, and this, us talking about being real on social media, what would you say, um, I guess, would be your highest point at the moment? Um, because I believe that there will be higher, higher moments in the future. Um, but as as a creative in L.A., what would you say is has been your highest moment? And then also what has been your lowest moment um being creative in la i mean um because i like create stuff like create content um using my social media as like a reference point to people that hire me actually has gotten me a job before so like the amount of people that do follow me and like this the certain like post that i have made i could just use that as like a resume so like that has been the highest point for me where it did like follow through like let me it is corny when they're like you need this and you need that and then you can be like oh here's this and like okay and that just gets you in the door yeah and then you can show them the other stuff right so that's been the highest point i don't know i guess not having a social media (laughs) people had to convince me to do it and i was like i don't know and i had to like actually work on it i had to like work on it like okay I have to make a password and there's a picture. <laughs> what is all this stuff? It's like become a science. Yeah, it is yeah. a science actually. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, um, I think my um I'm gonna start with my lowest so I can leave on a high note. Right. <laughs> um it would be uh and I think they tie in together. It's it's my lowest moments are past rejections because like I said now the rejections I don't feel like they're rejections because I feel like I did what I came to do and it just wasn't for me but in the past like being cut out of something after you film it and like that's also another lesson learned here is like you know you film something and you are like hey look at me everybody I'm gonna be on this show tune in and then you're not in it That's like, a good lesson. That's the the yes. real, the yes. reality of the situation is like don't, absolutely, yeah. don't shout it from the rooftops until it is <laughs> done. Stone and you get a check, like all of it. Yeah. So that's like that was, and that was in the past. Because again, I don't do that anymore. I do not. I do not say I'm going to be on something unless like the Let's studios told me I'm going to be on it and like a writer or whatever. Um, so that's my low points. And again, like I said, they don't happen anymore because I know better. Um, and then I think my the high points for me are, I think the way my my career is developing is that I have I'm literally breaking down stereotypes when I book things. Mm. That sounds like really sound really conceited saying that, uh, but no, I feel but I feel like I am mm-hmm. because I get these co-star roles and it's like a nurse or this or that. And it's always like on paper, you know, they want me to be like a sassy Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. like, you know, exactly what they want. Typecasting. And I've started to not do that. Mm. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, like a handful of casting directors are like, I think I'm I'm imagining their brains are like, oh, this is different. (laughs) It's really not. It's reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they give me a shot and then I go in there and like in my bio said, that's like my my badge of pride is that I've gotten co-star roles that have turned into recurring roles because I'm not doing what they wrote on the paper. 
because I'm like, I'm actually a real human being and this is how I am. And the last thing I did that I I can't, I guess I can't say what it is, but the creator and director of the show was like, I'm sorry, I think I wrote a stereotype and what you brought was so much better. So thank you. And like, yeah, I feel like that's my, that is the what I'm proudest of is like, changing people's minds in like nice little delicate ways at least about me and hopefully about other you know african-american women like we're not just sassy nurses or you know tired of it tsa agents (laughs) i rate postal officers i have met a lot of tired of it tsa agents oh my god um have you ever tricked people have you ever been like at a audition and then gave him the stereotype and then when it's like action you're like I'm giving you the real so yeah I had a pilot audition and on the paper I knew exactly what it was it was a sassy sassy ass plus size black woman no uh you know I knew exactly what they wanted yes and so I was like I'm not gonna do it and I went in there and the casting director who I know and love was like okay thank you and I was like oh wait I, I know what you wanted. Do you want me to do it again? That way, like what you said right. earlier, like I still want the money. Like, yes. right. <laughs> I can go back and do it that right. way. And he was like, yeah, let's do it one more time. And then I turned it on like a switch. But let me tell you, I left and I felt gross. Yeah. Mm. I felt really yeah. gross about it. Because yeah. I was like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't leave feeling good. But I did turn it on. I was like, oh, you know what? I can do that too. Yeah. yeah. It's so... I did. I tricked myself. That's what oh. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man, yeah. One, I commend you, and I love to hear that that oh, you have that you. conscious effort and awareness that here's what you expect, and I'm comfortable not being that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I tell you, I say all the time that I'm not the exception. The second I say I'm from Baltimore, it's like, oh, you survived. Damn, it's not Iraq. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, my mom has degrees. My dad has, like, chill out. Like, I'm not like this one person that jumped out and you, you know. So I say all the time, I'm not the exception. Yeah. So, so I appreciate that, you know, you make a conscious effort and you aren't, you know, settling for it what they're comfortable with us being Mm -hmm. because it's nice to know that other people you know have that on their radar Mm -hmm. um in reference to my lows and my highs i'm going to start with my low Mm -hmm. Uh, it does right (laughs) you know what here's the thing i talk about my lows a lot i I do so it's not like i knew right away right my low was i got an audition and it was a callback and i had twenty dollars that's it I didn't know nowhere else, nothing in no accounts or anything. I had 20 bucks and that meant it was going in my tank mm-hmm. to get to this audition mm-hmm. or it wasn't. And right. it was like, you've got to get back to this callback. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to book this job, but it is your last $20. Mm-hmm. And I put the 20 and oh, and I needed to buy like some things for the house. Mm-hmm. So I needed toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. I'm like, I have a weird obsession with toilet paper like I have to have excessive amounts of toilet paper I'm like I don't know I, mean, I don't know what it is that you don't want to run exactly I don't know paper. what it is guys it's never happened like I ran out and I'm like oh god never again no <laughs> but but it is something where I have to have excessive amounts yeah. of toilet paper but anyway so I knew I needed toilet paper y'all so <laughs> I go to this audition I'm like you gotta go and you gotta kill it period you gotta get this money mm-hmm. so I get there and I go in the bathroom before I um go to the audition room which I always do I always go in the bathroom first and <laughs> there was a toilet paper roll not on the dispenser. That's yours. And I was like, oh my God, God, Look like, at you there. really put this here for me. <laughs> you can't tell me, God, like, y'all, it's never been there before. Like, oh, come on, y'all. It's never. And I had to steal a roll of toilet paper wow. from a casting office. Did you have it in the audition? You're like, I did. <laughs> in your hand? It was in my purse, underneath my jacket. It was in my purse. I had Girl. to. St- I had to. Right. Like, I literally yeah. prayed and was like, God, you know, I know you put this here for me. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to need some grace. Because <laughs> this ain't right, but I got to have this toilet paper. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my lowest point. I stole the toilet paper. Wow. Um, yeah. You that deserved it. To get to that audition, yeah. I had to get there. To be honest, um, you earned that. Yeah. <laughs> it was your civic duty. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks. Thanks I placed it there for you. <laughs> it was like, it was just sitting. I'm like, all right. Okay, so anyway. My well, highest. You went into the audition with it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't leave it. Somebody else might needed it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was my lowest. Oh, 
I definitely cried on the way home. Like I just told you, remember. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just remind you how bad it can get. But um, and my highest point, um, a job that I'm currently shooting now. Uh, I had the audition, and then I got a call from my agent saying they need to see more tape, mm-hmm. and she had sent them the wrong reel, and I'm like, are you kidding me? We haven't used that reel in forever. Like whatever whatever I gave her the new stuff and she sent it to him and they said great she's still in consideration and then they said well can she go in and meet the showrunner and some of the writers mm-hmm. and I get in the room and I'm ready I'm like all right I didn't already broke this character down front and back right. and I'm ready to read again if they want me to with them like let's go mm-hmm. and I get in the room and they say we want to know about you and the whole conversation is about me and I'm like it dispels that whole idea that you ever have to be anything that someone else that you think they want that is the number one mistake that actors make I'm gonna go in and give them what I think they want absolutely yeah. not you absolutely have to consistently be who you are yeah. and that's what leaves them in all that's what wows them you yeah. know what I mean because it's like there's no way they've ever met you before right they've seen what you think they want yeah. you know from every other actor that doesn't know who they are that came in and out of here and we talked for an hour wow. about me and I left and I was like, oh my God, they know all my business. <laughs> and Did you tell them the toilet paper story? Oh, I, I didn't tell them that. I told them some other pretty embarrassing stuff though. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, so the role, and I actually wind up booking the role, so the role I'm shooting now. And it's amazing because I'm starting to see, as I get the new scripts, I'm starting to see that they're putting parts of me into this character and I'm seeing like okay then the wardrobe shifts because they saw me at the table read and wait maybe she needs to dress like this and you know so it's starting to weave Kiva into this character and I'm like god you are so intentional you know what I mean I went in thinking okay I know this character but yeah. they wanted to know me because they already knew the character or they were trying to still develop her too yeah, you know right. what I mean so um that's definitely a high um that's definitely a high oh my gosh I love this. This this energy is great. Um, the the vulnerability that you guys have shared uh, has been amazing. Um, one last thing I want to ask before um, we head to the next part of the show is um, there are a lot of people who um, prayerfully will be listening to this show. Um, and um, there are a lot of people who want to come to L.A., who want to come to Hollywood or want to get involved in, into being a creative um, and either haven't figured out how to do it um, or have been in the game for a really long time and have not gotten that break that they feel like they need. Um, what is a jewel or a nugget or a thought or just something that you even might think for yourself that you would want to share with them? on um and how to stay true to being a creative just do it uh, yeah just do it man because like when i was in new york I, I got to the point where i was like oh now i have this cachet of scripts and stuff i want to do so i started sending like query letters to like agencies as like a, a for a literary agent and then like out of the 20 like five people wrote a letter back and all five of them were like moved to la like that was their only bit of advice and five different ones said that wow. the agents mm-hmm. and I was like oh it really is that simple it's like sometimes you don't need to have everything mapped out and everything planned it's like you'll figure it out it's like you just gotta have boots on the ground yeah. and just move and then tweak things but you gotta keep moving like, right. and move with purpose I, I 100% that is the, at the root of it all is like and I will add on to that the hustle and the staying on your own path and not really worrying too much about the timing of it. Because one of my favorite things about watching award shows is seeing people that I care about um, acceptance speeches. And I've noticed that every single person that I admire has said the same thing. I was just about to give up (laughs) and then so-and-so happened Mm -hmm. or so-and-so called or this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is like a, all you need to know about the industry Mm -hmm. right there is that like, you have to keep going because as soon as you give up that, what was coming next was probably Mm -hmm. your, your big moment or whatever you needed. Um, yeah, I think that would be, it's funny too because the other day on Twitter 
something was trending called I think it was called Share Your Rejections or something like that. Oh, and it was yeah, like yeah. everybody was yeah, yeah. hashtag like and it was it was similar things of like people oh I submit <laughs> ironically there were a lot of people that were really successful mm-hmm. that had submitted to Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed like really? five really successful writers were like, I submitted to Warner Brothers and I didn't get it. And I was like, damn, Warner Brothers. <laughs> Dropping the ball. Right, right. I noticed that on quite a few people. HR was like, hmm. <laughs> Again, it was the same, the same logic there is that people, they could have all given up. Right. Absolutely. Especially some of their stories were like, I was rejected. Especially writers, man. I hear so much about writers getting rejected a lot <laughs> and like they just were like kept plugging and someone's writing for Orange is the New Black and someone wrote big, My Big Fat Greek Wedding you know what I mean like right. they're all so keep going just do it and keep going mm-hmm. we literally were just talking about that before right. the show we but just said we, it. you know mm-hmm. about the fact that uh, Leticia Wright from oh, Black yeah, Panther yeah. said yeah. that she was done like she was not gonna pursue acting anymore um, and then she landed the role of Shuri in Black Panther. Like, Zoe Doba, Orange is the New Black. She turned it down. Yep. Yeah. She said, I'm not going. Stephen, who was the other person? It was um, from uh, Riverdale. Netflix, Riverdale. Oh, Ashley Murray. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Murray from yeah. Riverdale was about to get a uh, administrative assistant job. Yeah. Got landed the role. I mean, you know. It's the darkest before the dawn. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, I think if I have to you have to know that this is your purpose. Mm. Um, I think if you know it, then it makes the ridiculous sacrifices that you will have to make plausible. Right. Um, it will not make sense. I don't know how to give advice to aspiring actors if they don't, if they aren't Christians mm-hmm. or if they don't have something grounded in them that's bigger than them mm-hmm. because it's really not about us. Mm-hmm. Like if I... Th- if Kiva had to make this decision, I would have never made it. If I, I, I knew how to make money, I knew how to survive, and it didn't add up. Like if, if I tell you in the natural what I walked away from and what that seven years felt like and the things and the money, like I mean, I went from I think my first year, I left my job. I was making seventy-two grand. Mm. The next year, I think I made eight grand. Wow! But I still had a roof over my head. Right. It doesn't make sense, but it's him. Mm-hmm. And once you know, you know, that it's your purpose, then it's like, I'm going to say yes. And then I'm telling you things happen. Mm-hmm. Things fall into place. You know, opportunities present themselves and you dig deeper and you wind up fine. Like it's, I have, I remember a pastor said, don't enter this industry needing anything. You can't ever be desperate. And that's the difference that I think with me and, you know, a lot of other actors that I meet, I'm not desperate. I'm not going to go in here and grovel. I'm not going to go in here and compromise. If it's for me, it's mine. Right. So I'm going to stand in that. And I think if you if you know that it's for you, then you, you're, you're already there. You've already won. It's just now, when will that time happen? Right. And will you withstand that season? Who mm-hmm. y'all, those are, I, I hope you guys are picking down what they put Picking up. Picking up when they put it down. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Right. Pick it up. Put it down. Pick it up. Look at it again. Put it down. You gotta it get down to get up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so these amazing gems and just the fact that you guys have shared again, just amazingness. Like these people, um, I'm in my humble opinion, are destined for greatness and have already um exceeded a lot of the bounds that I think people have maybe set out for you guys and so I'm just super excited to for the fact that I'm even anywhere in y'all scope um and the fact that you guys um have just taken the time out to be honest and open with me and our listeners like I really appreciate you guys and I'm so 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 excited for what's to come uh, for each of you. Um, and with the powerful pieces that you guys have just put down um, and y'all picked up. <laughs> I put down and picked up again. Picked up. All right. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, as I do every episode, what your tribe power is. And your tribe power is, what do you bring to the 
tribe that makes it bigger, badder, stronger, more amazing. Um, I say it every episode, my tribe power is connection. I love bringing people together, allowing them to kind of create relationships outside of me. Um, and that uh, allows the tribe to grow and be more amazing. So what would you guys say is your tribe power? Mine definitely is. Um, I don't believe that you have anyone possesses a desire that they can't manifest. If you tell me I want to do this, then I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. How? Mm-hmm. I am that can do attitude. I am the person you call when you know you're getting ready to jump off the roof because you're like, I'm going to see if I can fly. And I'm like, girl, you can. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> you don't need no, you know, so um, that, I think that's consistently um who I am to everyone I have a I don't know if it's healthy but I I honestly tend to believe sometimes in people's dreams more than they do Mm. because I just know how big he is Mm -hmm. and it's like I I I don't know I think that's my thing that I bring to I'm my my, my power it's consistently that can do let's go how can we what do we need to do yes yeah yes mine is heart (laughs) <laughs> morphing time <laughs> um and by that i mean i think i i can say i inherited this quality from my mom she's in every essence of the word a caregiver um and i think that that's what i try to bring um is the sense of like i i really do care about those closest to me and with having to do with the industry or not with the industry I just genuinely like to everything that comes with that word caring, like supporting and um, taking care of and lifting up. Like, and I mean, my sense of humor, I think, is directly rooted in that. And that I like to just if there's like ill feelings or someone's feeling bad, like my best way of caring for them is to like try to lift them up. So I, I think that my heart and I, I, it is hard to stay true to that sometimes too, especially when I might be the one that needs the mm-hmm. caring for. Um, but yeah, kind of along with what you said, is just trying to lift people up and yeah, just keep everyone's hearts in my heart and care for everyone's feelings as much as the same way I would care for my own. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um. I would say honesty. Ooh. Like, honest. Like, <laughs> honesty. Yeah. She's, y'all can't see it, but Liz is putting her hands up like Captain Planet. <laughs> Wind. Water. Hot. Oh, that was a good heart. That was a good heart. <laughs> I am African, yeah. so, you know. Hot. Just kind of put that out there. Oh, that was a good one. Water. <laughs> honesty. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like as as far as like I like asking my friends, as far as like counsel, you know, friends and family, like my my mother and my father, but also my friends, and I think like because I ask them so many questions, they ask me questions too, mm-hmm. and I I will keep it real always. Like if I think something's whack, I'll tell them that that's whack. Don't do that. But if I think something's dope, you should do that. So like I'm always sometimes it gets me in trouble, mm-hmm. but I'm always gonna like I'm never. I'm never going to lie about anything. I'm always going to be honest. Man, and that is what you need in your corner. Absolutely. Not the yes man. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I I say that sometimes about like celebrities. Like Mm -hmm. if I see them cutting up and acting a fool, I'm like, nobody's telling them no. No one's telling them the truth. You're tripping. (laughs) Right. Yep. That is a bad idea. Um, Exactly. You should not do it. Absolutely foolish. Mm -hmm. Or if you are doing it, like, okay. Stop doing that. Let's see how we can retool this amicably. <laughs> right, exactly. That's how I feel when I listen to music and the and the, the lyrics. They're saying stuff like, "Yeah, I'm high all day," and like, "Oh, the um, Lil Wayne, say, the Lil yeah. Wayne song, but we more like Ricky, um, Bobby Whitney." He says she think 
y'all I'm messing up the lyrics. I, I know the song lyrics. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. But he's basically lyrics. saying right. that you know he's basically <laughs> saying the girl thinks that they're Bonnie and Clyde, but they're more like Whitney Bobby. And I'm like, yo, look how that ended up. Like nobody is telling y'all that maybe you should lay off of that a little bit. Like neither of And then you have people who listen to it and they're like, oh yeah, that's I want to live like that. No, you don't. Yeah. So many couples. Like, that's a crap. Like Bonnie and Clyde, and I'm like, do you know how that ended? So you're gonna get shot up. Yeah. Well, Romeo and Juliet's another one too. Oh my gosh. No, that's a horrible one. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet, they ended up dead. Dead. D E D. Dead. D E D. Um, thank you guys again for just taking the time out of your schedules, um, for being here, for pouring into the tribe talks. Um, if the people want to get in contact with you, just kind of observe and, uh, learn at your feet. Um, where can they do that? Where can they find you? Uh, I write for a show called the color collective and we do a monthly show at the pack theater. Um, and I'll, find out where I can post some stuff later on yeah. in the show. Yeah, yeah. well, it'll be in the bio, so yeah. I'll, I'll put that information in the bio. Are there you, you go. Is your Instagram, though? No, no, thank you. I'm going to find out. I am, too. Yeah, my, I think mine's probably my Instagram, which is at um, fun with May, M-A-E. It's my dog's name, but yeah, probably that's the best way to, or Google me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Googleable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mine would uh, be Instagram as well at Nikiva Dion N I K I V A D I O N N E. Thank you for spelling that because there are a lot of people who would have they been still spelling like, it all I, wrong. Yeah. They it's still okay. Get it? I'm telling you. It's also gonna be. <laughs> All of it will be in the bio. So um, so for those of you that don't already, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Tribe Talks. If you have anything you want to share with the tribe, make sure to email us at thetribetalks at gmail.com. Thank you guys again for being here, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>